Well, tonight we're going to look at how does God guide us. And we're going to start with a clip from the film Bruce Almighty. Many of you might have seen that. Um, Jim Carey, who's the main actor, he's uh, Bruce Almighty, has just been fired from his job. And things are basically going from bad to worse. So let's see how God might guide him. So is that what you think that we have? A mediocre life? Don't make this about you. (laughs) About me? How can I make this about me? It's about you. It's always about you. Perfect. Perfect. I'll have the worst day of my life with a side order of guilt, please. Okay, God. You want me to talk to you? Talk back. Tell me what's going on. What should I do? Give me a signal. I need your guidance, Lord. Please send me a sign. Oh, what's this Joker doing now? Okay. All right. I'll try it your way. All right, Lord. I need a miracle. I'm desperate. I need your help, Lord. Please, reach into my life. Uh, what the... isn't it? And I wonder how many of us have been in that place of saying, it's your fault, do something about it. Well, the good news is that God has promised to guide us. Now, we all have to make decisions in life. Some of them are bigger than others. For example, choosing your marriage partner. I think I made quite a good choice. And the interesting thing is I actually believe that God was guiding me even though I didn't believe in God all those years ago when Pads and I met each other. But Psalm 32 says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. And so God loves us and he has a plan for our lives. Now I know the idea of having a plan for our lives might be a bit scary God has a plan for our lives. But actually, God wants what's best for us. The prophet Jeremiah said, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not 
to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. So if we are to find out about God's plans for our lives, then we need to ask him. There is a wonderful verse in the Psalms which says, Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will act. Well, I remember doing exactly that. After an Alpha course, I had really taken on board those words. And I thought, right, I had a big decision to make because I had a real passion to do a counselling course. And about three people had said to me, have you heard of the counselling course at Waverley Abbey? It's a Christian counselling course. And I said, yes, I have. And they said, well, why don't you go on that? Because you keep saying you want to go on a counselling course. And I said, well, I don't have any money. Pads had just joined the church and um, we had had to make some adjustments in our life, which meant that I didn't have £3,000 to go on a counselling course. So I said to the Lord, well, your word says, commit your way to the Lord, trust in you and you will act. So that's what I'll do. And I said it to Pads as we were driving down to Devon to go and stay with my sister, I said, I've stood on that verse that I heard about on the Alpha course. And the word stand on it means I was literally, okay, Lord, I'm going to commit it to you. And we got to my sister's and we were just chatting. I hadn't seen her for ages. And she said, so what are you up to? And I said, well, I'm not in work at the moment, but I've got a couple of possibilities. And I'm really keen to do this counselling course, but I don't have any money. And she said, well, I'd like to pay for you. And I said, you'd like to pay for me? She said, yes. I said, it's £3,000. She went, yes, I'd like to pay. And I said, and it's a Christian counselling course. And she went, yeah, I'd like to pay. So, guess what? I went on the counselling course and it was wonderful. It was really good for me. So, we need to consult God before making decisions. But we also need to have the right attitude. To be followers of Jesus... We have to be like him. And he prayed, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. And that can be really tough when we really want something or we're really excited about something. And I had seen God provide in miraculous ways financially for Pads and I when Pads joined the church. We had several free holidays. I shall tell you about that later. But... I really thought he was going to send me to this healing conference in Hong Kong. I thought, oh, this sounds like God. I had a phone call from some great friends in South Africa I hadn't seen for a long, long time. And they said, Kirsty, you must come to Hong Kong. I don't know if any of you have heard of a wonderful lady called Jackie Pullinger. But she went out to Hong Kong about 30 years ago. And she worked in what was then the walled city ministering to drug addicts in the most appalling situations. She had this phenomenal healing ministry and it was just amazing to hear the stories. I read her book. And so when I heard she was running this conference, I thought, yes, I'm sure this is for me. And it happened to tie in with our friend's 50th birthday in Hong Kong. And so I thought, right, well, I'll take a step of faith and I'll book holiday time off from work. And I tried to Google it. I tried to Google this conference. I couldn't find it anywhere. So I kept emailing my friends in South Africa saying, it's not under Jackie Pullinger. 
And they said, oh, well, no, it's actually slightly out of Hong Kong. It's in China. So I said, oh, so maybe it's very hush-hush then. And, uh, you know, maybe it's not on Google. And they went, no, it is. And I thought, well, why can't I find it? I couldn't find it. Maybe it was just me, the operator. And then my sister, who lives in Hong Kong, so I thought, well, that's great. Of course I'd be going to visit her. She said, well, I'm not going to be in Hong Kong then. And I was like, oh. And I suddenly started to think, is this God's will or is this my will? Because I've seen God do some great things, but actually it turned out that this was my will and that this was my wish list. And I was really disappointed because my friends had a great time in Hong Kong. They said the healing conference was wonderful and I didn't go. And uh, I, I didn't really quite understand why, because I did believe that God could release the funds, but I didn't have any money, so I couldn't go. So that was very disappointing, but I do trust that God does guide us, and I do trust that he's not to be used like a slot machine. So we need to consult God before making decisions. So how does he guide us? Well, there are various ways. They are sometimes called the five CSs. And the first one is commanding scripture. The Bible reveals God's general will for our lives. And it's really good to read the Bible every day and to have an expectation that God will speak to you through his word. A sentence may particularly stand out for you. Many of you may have heard Pads' story about unpaid taxes. Before Pads and I became Christians, um, Pads was working for an American company. And um, one of the bonuses was that they used to get um, a nice tidy sum, but paid out in America. So everybody had a, a little account over in America, and no one declared it. It was the sort of apparently the done thing. Why declare it to the Inland Revenue when they didn't know about it? And then when Pads became a Christian and started reading the Bible, he started to feel more uncomfortable about these taxes that he hadn't paid. And the verse that particularly leapt off the page for him was, pay unto Caesars what is Caesars, and also submit to authorities. And he decided that actually the only way that he was going to have peace about this was to pay and declare those taxes and uh, the Inland Revenue were actually really quite gracious and uh, didn't follow it up any further. And Pads could then sleep peacefully after that. So God had definitely put his finger on the tax issue. But it is important not to just uh, dip into the Bible randomly, like a magic book. One guy did that, and um, he opened the Bible at Matthew, where it said, Judas went and hanged himself. So he dipped again into Luke... Where, it read, where he read, go and do likewise. And then he turned to John, where it said, what you are about to do, do quickly. So um, a lucky dip approach is not a good way to get guidance. Now the second uh, CS is his compelling spirit. Now guidance is a very personal thing. When we become Christians, the Spirit of God comes to, to live in each one of us. And Jesus described himself as the Good Shepherd, and he describes each one of us as his sheep. And he said that his sheep will recognize his voice. That's how we will follow him. We will recognize his voice. 
And you know if you have a really close friend or you're close to someone in the family, when they ring up, you recognise their voice straight away on the phone. And that's how we need to be with recognising Jesus' voice. So let's turn to, let's pick up the Bibles and turn to John 10, which is on page 1076. So that's page 1076. And it's chapter 10, starting at verse 2. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. So it's a wonderful picture that uh, Jesus um, gives about being the good shepherd. And it was so important that the sheep followed the shepherd because there was a lot of danger. They might get eaten by wolves and all sorts of things. And so it was very important that they followed the shepherd. And that is exactly what we have to do. God often speaks to us as we pray. And prayer is very much um, a two-way, a two-way thing. It's a two-way conversation. There's a lovely story about a man who goes to the doctor. And um, the doctor says, oh, come on in. How, how can I help you? And he says, well, I've got this terrible pain in my head. And I have this terrible earache. And I've been getting palpitations. I've had a stomachache. And my knees, they've just been so sore. And my feet, I've got some strange fungal infection on my feet and the doctor says right and he says well thank you very much for listening he says to the doctor gotta go now bye and the doctor's like wait a minute wait you haven't heard what I have to say and we can be so like that when we pray give God a whole list of things or requests and then we disappear and he's probably thinking well you haven't listened to what I have to say so it can be really helpful to have a notepad beside you when you pray So as things pop into your head, you can write them down. Sometimes we have a feeling, a strong desire to do something. So let us turn to Philippians chapter 2. It's on page 1,179. So that's 1,179. And that's... Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. And it says, For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. So sometimes that strong desire that we have is actually God working in us for his will, to fulfill his good purpose. Sometimes he guides us in more unusual ways 
through sometimes an audible voice, through dreams, through, through visions, sometimes called pictures, and in many other ways. I shall never forget in 2004, I remember it so clearly because I wrote it down, waking up in the middle of the night and had a very strong feeling that God wanted to talk to me. Pat was fast asleep and I remember slipping out of bed onto my knees and saying, yes Lord, I'm listening. And all I heard was the words, feed my sheep. And I was like, feed my sheep. So I got back into bed and I thought, well if that's you Lord, could you remind me of it in the morning? So I woke up in the morning, guess what? The first thing that came to my mind was feed my sheep. So I thought, right, okay, feed my sheep. And then I went to have coffee. Actually, at Greyfriars Coffee Shop, I went to meet a young lady who I'd got to know through the church who was helping out there. And she came bouncing through, helping out the coffee shop. She came bouncing towards me and took a pinafore off and she said, have you seen the T-shirt? I've made this T-shirt. And it had a big fluffy sheep on it with big letters feed my sheep and I was like oh right I'm certainly getting a message here and the interesting thing was I had been seeking God for how I could best help this young lady with an eating disorder and actually she subsequently came to live with us because I felt I was to get more and more involved in her life and to feed her <laughs> and so feed my sheep had she she was a young Christian lady really meant a lot to me But it is equally important to test everything, to weigh it up, to see if it is loving, to see if it's encouraging, and does it line up with the Bible. If you have a strong desire to spend a lot of time watching horror movies every night and eating copious amounts of chocolate, I think I could probably say that it may not be in line with God's will. And the third CS is common sense. The good news is God gave us all common sense, so we don't just throw that out the window when we ask God to guide us. We make decisions on a daily basis, and we don't need to ask God necessarily what to wear and what to eat, although he may have a say in the matter if it is copious amounts of chocolate. But, for example, choosing a marriage partner... It's obviously important that we use our common sense, that we see if they're compatible. It's also important, if we're choosing a marriage partner, to see if they share our faith. The Bible warns us against marrying a non-believer because it can cause real tension in the relationship. That doesn't mean if we become Christians later in life after we're married that we should ditch our marriage partners. We just pray for them and trust them to God, which is exactly what Pads did with yours truly here, because Pads came to faith before I did, and I didn't want anything to do with it. Thank you very much. I didn't want to go to church. I didn't want any of it at all. I felt hugely threatened by the whole thing. I described it as... Like my husband was having a relationship with somebody, but I couldn't go around and have it out with them face to face because I didn't know who they were. And poor Paz, he had a very difficult time. He hadn't really changed, but suddenly he'd got this interest that pulled him away on Sundays and he wanted to get more and more involved in the church. And I didn't want any of this, so I could see the tension it was putting on our relationship. 
And I'm very ashamed to say I actually did say to him that obviously I would have to go and find a soulmate like myself. I was so desperate to try and change him. Probably just as well I didn't because he might not be here today. (laughs) But God's far bigger than me and God revealed himself to me. And I did start seeking God because I realised that if our marriage was to work, then I actually had to seriously consider whether or not God was real. And I did. And God is real, and I found him, or rather he found me. And the fourth CS is the Council of the Saints, which means asking other Christians for advice. The book of Proverbs actually says that the wise listen to advice. And it is important to remember that ultimately the responsibility of any decision lies with each one of us. We, we can't blame anyone else. But we do have to be wise with who we go and seek advice from. And they should be people who are prepared to disagree with us and challenge us if they don't think it's right. Not somebody who will just say what they think you want to hear. And the fifth CS is circumstantial signs. God is ultimately in control of all things. Again, the writer of Proverbs points out that man makes his plans, but God guides his footsteps. Sometimes we talk about doors closing and doors opening. Many of you may know our daughter Kylie. She felt a really strong desire to go to India. So she'd been exploring going to India. She'd been in touch with various organisations and was thinking of going out there for a couple of years. And then completely out of the blue two months ago, she got uh, an email from a vet she'd done some work experience for in South Africa, saying, would you like to come and work for me for two years? And he's a vet who does a lot with the wildlife and the game parks, so it's obviously very exciting. And she was like, well, is this God? Is this where I'm supposed to be going? And that night, she went to Greyfriars to the evening service, And after the service had finished, she went up to the prayer ministry team and asked them to pray with her. And I had said to her, don't tell them what you want prayer about because we start to rationalise things in our heads. I just said, say something like you're at a crossroads in your life and just ask them to listen to God for you. And the lady who was praying with her said, I don't want you to take this on board if it doesn't mean anything to you. But I've got a picture in my head, she said, of a herd of wild animals and the word Africa. Does that mean anything to you? And she was so excited. And God has really provided for her because this is obviously where he wants her to go. And that's where he's guiding her to. And she then got a very substantial tax rebate because she had the money for an air flight to South Africa. And on top of that, when she handed in her notice at the beginning of last month, her employer said, Kylie, you've never actually claimed travel expenses, which you're entitled to between Reading and Goring. So we're going to backdate them to January because we'd like to help you pay for your air flight to South Africa. Not many employers do that. So unlike me and my trip to Hong Kong, This is obviously God's plan for Kaida's life, that she goes to South Africa, and that's really exciting for her. So, in conclusion, let us trust God to guide us. Let us not be in a hurry. 
Let us remember we all make mistakes. We all have wish lists. And there are good learning curves from mistakes that can be really helpful for us. Painful sometimes, disappointing, but helpful we can learn from them. And let's be open. God has great plans for you and for me. Plans to prosper us and not to harm us. Plans to give us hope and a future. So let us pray. Thank you, Father, that you love us and you call each one of us into a relationship with you. Help us to put time aside to pray and to read your word so that we may grow closer to you and recognize your voice. Guide us each step of the way so that your perfect will will be done and we may bring you glory and see your kingdom come. In Jesus' name, amen.